Welcome to the You Are Covered podcast. I'm Hannah Lynn Miller. I am your host. I'm so glad you're here with me today. We are going to talk about such an interesting topic, and I'm going to break down how I actually came to be passionate about this topic that you just clicked on. The topic is eldest daughters, and I'm so hesitant to create content off of this. I don't know why I've been so hesitant, but I have. And I think the big thing is, you know, a lot of times when we talk about uh, therapy and like mental health and stuff, like for me personally, it's a little bit far removed sometimes. I usually don't talk about things that I'm going through in the moment uh, if it pertains to me. And a lot of the times it's just things that I know that clients have brought up that they struggle with and that they need help on, things that I've learned in uh, my program that I just felt like was so helpful. And a lot of times it just doesn't have much to do with me. And I think that's why this topic can be so hard because it's never going to go away from me. I am always going to be the eldest daughter. I'm always going to have these traits that I'm going to be thinking through and processing on. I feel a lot healthier in that role. But I do think that that's why this topic can be really interesting and hard for me to communicate also because I'm learning with you. Uh, And so I just want to start off with talking about that. And then we'll go into more of like how I came to be passionate about this topic Although it is pretty self-explanatory, I am an eldest daughter. I have three other siblings. And so a lot of these traits are things that I deal with. So there's that. But we'll go into it a little bit more. Um, Things that we need to start off and cover before we dive into this fun topic. First off, I am taking brand coaching clients. So if you want to hop on a Zoom call, and get one-on-one coaching from me. I'm closing this down pretty soon. So I'll take one more in December. So let me know if that's going to be you. We have had uh, a good amount of coaching, and it's been really fun to get to know you and your projects that you've been working on. So that's really fun. And I want you to know that it's super easy to sign up. All you have to do is click on the link, down in the show notes, and it's really fun, and uh, all the information's right there. So go ahead and do that. The other thing I want to tell you about is that we do have a newsletter list, and that's another thing that we're going to that I have in the show notes. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is because if you want to get episodes straight to your email at uh, address, then you can definitely join this newsletter list. And again, I have ways that if you don't want to hear about any kind of fashion updates, if you don't want to hear about mental health, if you don't want to hear about theology, you can definitely opt out of those topics because I do have emails that go out that's only specific to those topics. Uh, I do have one that is called the Inside Out Newsletter. That's just like an update, an overarching update on what is going on with John and I, and also with the podcast and content on everything Hannah Lynn Miller. Uh, And then also, you will get updates on the podcast if you opt in through this link. I I don't always send you the 
episodes if you're not signed up for receiving uh, individual episode updates uh, on the You Are Covered podcast. So definitely join this email newsletter. It is so helpful to stay connected. And if you're already on it, cool. Love that. Uh, we get to be connected and, and get to get to know each other more. And that's so much fun for me. I love writing these newsletters, especially the inside out one, because it's just it's personal and it's fun. Uh, next is we do have a You Are Covered merch. It is on the website. All you have to do is go to hannahlynmiller.com and then you just click on shop. And that is where all of the merch lives. It's so fun. I have a hoodie. I have hats. I have journals. And the journals are cool because it's not just the logo of You Are Covered on it. I also have some of the verses that have been really huge on this community that I've talked about and I've shared that have been really, really personal for me. And that's like on the cover. So you won't forget about that time uh, when we learn together about God's faithfulness and abundance. Uh, and so if you find that really fun and maybe maybe you have a friend that also listens with you, you know, the holidays are coming and that would be a great gift. So go ahead and find that in the show notes as well. Super easy to find it. If you want to support this podcast so I can continue to create fun and powering content, you can always visit the link on Spotify and it just says support the You Are Covered show. I also have a link in the show notes for those of you who are listening on YouTube along with uh, iTunes. And support can start from like 99 cents to $10. And my family really appreciates it. You know, I don't I don't go around and have the time to get brand deals or things like that for this podcast. And so your support really is how we keep this thing going. So I thank you ahead of time and let's dive in. Eldest daughters. What do you think of when you think of eldest daughters? For me, I think of some of my closest friends. I actually have a lot of friends who are the eldest daughter in their family. And we started talking about this like way back when, like how similar we think about things, how we have similar conversations with our younger siblings, how our parents relate to us, the conversations that we've had to have with our parents over the years that have just been so unique and different from our other from our other siblings. And so for me, that's what I think of first. But for other people, it can be you know, the the leader type personality, maybe a little bit more self-centered, maybe a little bit more like trying to take on the world and everybody else's problems when they shouldn't. There's a lot of things that come with that. And so that's when the phrase eldest daughter syndrome came to be and why. Because there are some issues with eldest daughters. <laughs> and like any uh, personality type, any birth order, there's definitely some things that can come with it. And so that's why we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how to heal from eldest daughter syndrome, because not all of it is bad, but also there are some parts in it that you do need to heal from. There are some unhealthy symptoms that you can uh, have and bring into your adulthood. And that can affect your romantic relationships, especially. It can affect your performance in, in a job. Uh, there's so many things, but 
for me personally, so it started with having friendships with el- other eldest daughters and we all pointed at each other and we're like, you deal with this too? Like, this is this is something that you deal with in your family of origin? Like, that's so weird. Obviously, we didn't really say it that way. But I think looking back after I've had my uh, time at and in grad school and looking at family systems, I have realized that there's a lot of similarities, especially when there is the eldest and it, it's a daughter, it's a girl. <laughs> uh, so that was where it started the interest. And then also having my own personal uh, journey through differentiating from my family of origin, becoming myself. And when you are the eldest, the you're the first person to do that. You're the first person to leave home. You're the first person to go to college. You're the first person to do a lot of things. You're the first person to date someone. You're the first person to do all these things. Uh, and your parents are also looking at you as an experiment. Like, okay, we did this with Hannah. So what are we going to do with Gloria? (laughs) And that is just kind of what happens. You know, there's dynamics, there's systems. That's why we call family systems. Uh, There's things that patterns that you can look at that are very typical. So for me, that's how it started. It was starting feeling this interest because I was like, I need help, right? Because I didn't have an older sibling to look up to. So looking for resources on how to have conversations with parents and boundaries and all these things, like I had to learn it on my own. And thankfully, I did have a few good friends going through similar situations. And so it is very helpful to have a community to to know that this you're not crazy, right? I do want to mention that this is not for every eldest daughter. It, there's a lot of things that go into it. Again, this could be a lot more of a nuclear family system. There can be definitely some overlaps, even if there are step, uh, you know, the step parents, step uh, siblings, uh, you can definitely have some of these symptoms as well. But again, these are studies and they're percentages and it's not every single uh, eldest daughter. And there are some things and we'll cover this where an eldest daughter is not stereotypical and it usually has to do with giving up on the parents' expectations and giving it to the second eldest, whoever that is. And usually it's the same gendered second eldest. So we'll get into that as well. But I wanted to make a mention of that. It is not always cut and dry. I mean, you could literally be the youngest sibling in a family that is blended and you can have some of these symptoms and you can say, literally, I do have eldest daughter syndrome. And that is totally a thing. So if you have some of these symptoms and you're not the eldest daughter, totally makes sense. But typically, this is things that the eldest daughter will deal with and have because of the family system that they're in. And again, it is a percentage. It's not every eldest daughter and not every eldest daughter struggles with these things. So I just want to put a caveat on that as we dive in. For my master's, I had to write a thesis. And so I wanted to do something. They always encourage you to do something that's more that something that you have experienced, something that you're passionate about, something that's more personal. And it just makes the process less painful. And so I decided to do a study on eldest daughters 
I wanted to do a more uh, holistic point of view on the eldest daughter, but I was encouraged uh, to focus on one aspect. And so I studied the relationship between mom and eldest daughter. And I saw that there was a whole lot of uh, correlations on the eldest daughter's mental health in regards to the relationship with her mom, which made sense to me on a whole bunch of levels. I've had uh, clients that have had a really hard time with their mental health and they're the eldest daughter and the relationship with their moms have not been the best. And I think that that's so fascinating. So the data did show my theory and it was a really uh, fun. Eh, it wasn't fun, but it was a hard, it was hard and I learned a lot. And that thesis is on my website. You can find all these resources on my website at hannahlinnmiller.com forward slash eldest dash daughter. And that's where my thesis lives. I also have a few other resources there. If you sign up for my newsletter on that page, you will also get signed up for anything specific for eldest daughters. So if you wanted to join a community and you wanted to get some updates on any other resources that I have for eldest daughters, go for it. <laughs> uh, I So after that, after writing the thesis, I have been thinking more and more about these other things that I did come across. Like I came across a couple data points about how the eldest daughter is different from the eldest son. They typically are more successful than the eldest son because there's just a lot more pressure that they put on, on themselves. And I think that's because the expectation is that uh, eldest daughters, you know, the they just have a lot more pressure. And a lot of the times, especially in the U.S., they were expected or wanted to be boys. And so I think that that plays into just how much they feel like they have to be successful. They have to uh, be a good example. And so there's a lot more pressure. And so they tend to be, eldest daughters tend to be a lot more successful. And when I say successful, it's usually uh, academically and um more of a monetary type of success. And so when I say that, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> because obviously, uh, perfectionism and anxiety and stressing out and having all this pressure on yourself, it's not success in the way that we definitely talk about it in mental health, right? So that being said, uh, I found a lot of interesting uh, data on the differences of eldest daughters and eldest sons. We have a lot more data on eldest sons because the military has been studying eldest sons for years and years and years. Uh, and we just now have more data on eldest daughters because, you know, there's more women in the military. And the one thing that we can point to is that eldest sons and eldest daughters tend to be have higher IQ and that is usually because of how excited the parents are about their life. So if it starts from the very beginning. Parents, new parents are a lot more excited about starting parenting. And as the later born siblings come along, there's less excitement, but it doesn't mean that they don't value their children. It's just that this is not new for them anymore. They've got this down. A lot of times with later born children, they're a lot more tired. 
And so this all kind of affects how later born children view themselves, which is really interesting. And I don't know how parents can keep that momentum up, but a lot of times they're a lot more excited and involved with the firstborn. And so that does affect how firstborns are able to see themselves and be more successful and have more confidence. And so that actually affects their higher IQ levels. That's what the studies have shown. So I find that really interesting. Uh, If you want to learn more, I definitely have a, a couple of resources on that website page. So those are some things that I learned doing my research. And so I was literally just on Instagram and It's so funny that this topic has really taken flight on social media, on TikTok and Instagram. And if you didn't know that, that's that it's a thing like they they do. You know, there's like a whole bunch of trending sounds talking about if you're the eldest daughter. uh, Does this make sense? Does this make sense? And I found it really interesting. And so I, I made some comments on some of the content that's out there. Uh, just sharing what I know. And one of the comments went viral. And I think there's like 10,000 comments and likes on this comment that I made. And I was so surprised by it, so shocked. And so I actually was able to connect with so many eldest daughters and they were all saying the same thing, just not being appreciated, uh, feeling really frustrated, not uh, being seen, uh, and really having to feel like they are the ones that have to fix their families. And uh, it was, it's interesting. So I really enjoyed being able to get to know, and maybe some of you are listening because of that comment uh, going viral, but I found it so fascinating. So that's what kind of encouraged me. Okay. This isn't just a me thing. It's very personal to me. I've experienced some of these same symptoms. I've really worked through perfectionism and what that looks like for me. And so I've really been wanting to help other people who have felt really alone. I think the biggest symptom for me is just feeling like I'm doing life on my own. So having to figure out so many things without uh, my siblings doing the same life things because they're so much, they're younger than me. They're not experiencing the same things as I'm going. And so it's hard for me to communicate to them how I'm feeling because they're not there. And, you know, and there can be a lot of connection to how empathetic your siblings, younger siblings can be, how much connection you have, how much of a relationship you have with them. And so there's a lot of things that go into that. But here's a few things that I wanted to break down for you. If you have eldest daughter syndrome, here are the symptoms and you can just check it off in your head. And again, I have this on my on my website, I have it on the blog. Uh, there's a whole blog post with all of these symptoms listed out and everything, so you can look at it. And I have that in the show notes as well. So, symptoms of eldest daughter syndrome. First, a sense of responsibility. So, taking on responsibility more than what you should. <laughs> You're taking on responsibility of other people's mistakes or their uh, lifestyle. And really what you need to do is do this for yourself. Take responsibility and ownership for your life, not anyone else's. And I think that this can be really dangerous. And parents sometimes do us a disservice because we say, they say, hey, you're, 
you know, you're a role model to your younger siblings, blah, blah, blah. I know for sure growing up in a Christian uh, conservative household, that was definitely talked about to me, right? That I was the, I was going, I was the real role model and everything. And I remember, so this is a story about this. I remember a, uh, my youth pastor talking about having the, being a role model to his younger brother and that they would drink together a little bit. And then his younger brother started to have more uh, issues with alcohol and that he took the responsibility on and said that that was his fault. And he is an oldest sibling, right? So I remember thinking and like relating to that. And I remember when, you know, some of my siblings would start dabbing into that and I felt like really guilty. Like I felt like frustrated or nervous or, and they weren't even doing anything wrong. It was just, it was just, I just felt like anxious because I'm like, okay, was I a good example in that area? Like, did I, did I talk about this too much? Did I share too much? I had all of these things on me that I don't need to have. I don't need to have any responsibility for their actions. That is not my life. And so separating that from your siblings, you you can only take responsibility for your own actions. And so the, I think that's a huge symptom. If you're taking on responsibility for other people's actions, that is not going to serve you well because you'll start doing that in your marriage. You'll start doing that in your friendships, whoever you come in contact with. Take responsibility and ownership for your own stuff. Okay, perfectionism. Perfectionism is not a personality trait. I'm sorry. I do not buy into that. And that's coming from someone who is a perfectionist, maybe more of a messy perfectionist, but I am a perfectionist. And I just don't think that it's healthy. I don't think that perfectionism is healthy. I don't think that that is something that we should be characterizing as a personality trait, like a whole personality trait. Uh, and so perfectionism can actually cause a lot of uh, anxiety. It can also uh, prevent you from connecting with others. And so really diving into why and what what is the protection that perfectionism gives you? What are you trying to portray to the world that's going to create safety for yourself? And what was a narrative that you told yourself you needed that kind of safety? Was it because there was too much pressure for you when you're growing up and you need people to know that this is you and that you don't have flaws? What, it, what is that? Where does that come from? So perfectionism definitely is a huge symptom of eldest uh, daughter syndrome. And it can be really hard to connect with people if you don't dive into where that comes from. Uh, having maturity beyond your age. So having to grow up fast. This could definitely happen when there was maybe some hard things growing up that was in your family of origin. Maybe you had a sibling that had, you know, maybe some challenges and you had to maybe watch the kids more, your other siblings more often. Maybe this was something that, you know, your parents were going through conflict or a divorce and you had to know more about it than what you were supposed to. So there's a lot of things that can come into that. So that's definitely a symptom. Having a nurturing instinct. This one is interesting 
And I don't I don't think that it's always bad, but I think being aware that that is your go to and that can attract some characters in your life. So being aware that you have a natural instinct for nurture and then you also probably have a lot of empathy because you were taught at a young age to take care of younger siblings. And this is the part that I think that uh, only children and oldest siblings are oldest children they're very different in this regard because only children and the oldest they have a lot of similarities a lot of overlap i think a lot of times they 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 are confident and they know what they want and they a lot of times they have a lot more structure to their life like this is we're going to be i'm going to be on time they have a lot more pressure uh, i think only children have a lot more pressure than oldest children because they're the one and done only chance that their parents got to having uh, a kid. And so uh, the pressure is real, but the oldest children, they learn how to take care of other people way, way earlier than anybody else. And they learn also how to um, listen to people who may not have a voice all the time. And this is, definitely depends on how spread out the siblings are, how much the parents did rely on the oldest sibling. And typically, uh, and this can be another thing that where eldest daughters are different than eldest sons, because eldest sons, I don't know why, but they got away with not doing household things, not he helping with the kids as much. And so because girls just naturally have that instinct of wanting to help uh, with babies and, and stuff like that. And that's not always the case, but this is more typical. They are encouraged a lot more, too, by culture to take care of kids, right? And so they learn from a young age how to nurture younger siblings, people that are children that don't have a voice all the time, who are younger and smaller than them. So just making sure that when you look for a spouse, make sure it's someone that is going to nurture you as well. Or when you have friendships, make sure it's people that are not one-sided and are giving back to you as well, because your natural instinct is to take care of others. Uh, and then having leadership qualities. Again, this is not a bad thing. It's just that you have them there and they're not always appreciated. And uh, you can get frustrated very quickly when leadership is not uh, doing well <laughs> and you see the the flaws in leadership, you can get pretty frustrated pretty quickly. That's one that I have high, high. I have that so high. If leadership is not doing a good job, I get so frustrated. Um, having a lot more stress and pressure. Again, this just comes from your upbringing. Uh, I think m the more conservative and strict family dynamics that you had growing up, the more you probably have that stress and pressure. Uh, and again, this is one that I, I had definitely. Um, sensitivity to criticism. I find this really interesting. Eldest daughters might be sensitive to criticism and have anxiety around the fear of disappointment uh, because there was just a lot of, again, expectations. Uh, jealousy and sibling rivalry. Um, this can go both ways. The eldest daughter can feel envy or jealous towards later born siblings who've received more attention, needs met, and had an easier childhood. 
At the same time, eldest siblings have to handle jealousy and competition from their later born siblings who are continuously trying to measure up or become better than their eldest sibling. This can be especially if the parents are comparing later born siblings with the eldest daughter. Uh, that can cause a lot of stress. So parents try not to do that. Uh, this can also cause the eldest daughter to have anxiety around competition. I hate competition. I cannot deal because I'm very competitive and also I hate losing. So there's that. I definitely have that. Uh, and I know that my my sister, Gloria, who's the second born, she and I both do not like competition and it causes a lot of anxiety for both of us. And I, I've read and I also had a professor tell me that he has two daughters, that this can be really, really common. And uh, and I thought that that was so fascinating. So if you if you found that to be true in your own life, it's very normal. And uh, maybe practicing some things that help with the anxiety when if you do have any kind of competition, especially at your job, anything like that, I definitely would try and get some help with anxiety. You might have difficulty delegating. This can be really hard because your way is best and maybe you've learned that you can't rely on other people to help you uh, and then the desire for independence having anybody rely on you could cause anxiety as well I know that's something that I really struggle with anything <laughs> it might be a big reason why I waited a little bit longer to have kids because having that desire for independence and not having people rely on you is just the best thing for an eldest daughter because you've been the person that your parents have relied on for a lot of things depending on again your family of origin so positive effects of eldest daughter syndrome again taking responsibility and ownership for your own things leadership maturity natural nurturers it's just so crazy how you definitely it's it's definitely a thing and this is something that was talked about on TikTok and Instagram that many eldest daughters have the natural care for those who are vulnerable and so they also have that strong sense of empathy and they are amazing nurses, therapists, hi, that's me, caretakers, workers in foster care or social work and they're also very caring, loyal friends. This comes from learning at a young age and how to take care of others that are more vulnerable, right? Um, in achievement oriented, this is another thing to kind of keep in mind that you are motivated by recognition, goals, and achievement. This can be great in areas of a workplace, especially when the organization's healthy. When it's not, and it's not going to uh, show appreciation, and it's not going to show achievement and acknowledge your hard work, it can be really discouraging, especially for eldest daughters who work their butt off and then also cannot stand disorganized horrible leadership so those are those are some things that are positives right um another thing that can come from being the eldest daughter is being parentified and so these are some things that might have happened to you as a child you might have been parentified as a child and here's some things to look for uh, being pulled into conflict between your parents, being held responsible for parenting siblings, hiding your feelings in order to avoid stressing your parents out. I definitely did that a lot. 
uh, signing paperwork that was meant for an adult. Uh, parents feel comfortable sharing their life problems and worries with you. This is a hard, it's hard because, you know, my mom has always said too that like with your eldest daughter, you kind of just feel like this is your buddy uh, and it's fun, you know, and I definitely have felt that. And so it it is hard to have a good balance. And uh, I think parents definitely can look forward to their children becoming adults and becoming friends like that. Uh, but when you're young, I think this is this needs to hold out, right? Having to figure things out on your own. I definitely had to do that a lot, but not like not too much. I'm just better at it. <laughs> I've noticed in other people uh, feeling like you're responsible for your parents' emotional needs. That is not good. That is something you got to work through. And again, doing some uh, some child work would really be helpful uh, in therapy. If that if you checked off on all of those things, I'm sure there's other things that we could probably point to to say, hey, that was parentification. Uh, there's definitely more extremes, especially if the family of origin is not healthy. Like this is this was a pretty healthy ish list. So there could be a lot worse situations, uh, especially if the family uh, of origin had a lot more damage going on. Uh, how to start healing. Reevaluate your responsibilities. Delegate. Start delegating. And when you let go and delegate, you'll find that you can build trust in others around you. So it's going to take some practice. You might have to let go of some expectations. But try reaching out to family to see if they can help you, especially if you're going through a really hard season. I mean, there could be things like you came down with an illness and you need help. There could be things where you're planning a wedding and you need help. You're expecting your first kid. Hi, that's me. And you need some help. So communicating your needs and, and asking people to help you can build trust in uh, the uh, other's ability to take care of you when maybe you're not used to being taken care of. Uh, challenge the reason behind your perfectionism. Refuse to let perfectionism be part of your personality. This is not a personality trait. It is actually a way of self-preservation or a way to protect yourself. One way to fight against perfectionism is to pay attention to the way you're talking to yourself. Try talking to yourself with kindness, forgiveness, and grace like you would a friend. Try to avoid others who are also uh, unrealistic and put high expectations. Of perfectionism on you. Create a boundary and surround yourself with others who will decrease the pressure that you already feel and allow yourself to be human. Being human means that you have flaws, learn from mistakes, and you have imperfections, and that's okay. Express your thoughts and needs. Many eldest daughters learn to suppress their needs and opinions to keep peace and harmony at home. And they're often the ones that had to have the pressure not to create fights. So like they would get in trouble if younger siblings uh, were fighting with them. <laughs> and that just would, uh, that can create problems in adult life because that's not true. It's important to express your needs and to communicate your opinions. Avoid words like being too pushy or too shy and find tips on being assertive when you communicate. Try inner child work. 
Inner child work is a therapeutic approach that focuses on healing and nurturing the wounded and neglected parts of your inner child. It is not a specific evidence-based therapeutic modality, but rather a concept and approach that draws from various established therapeutic theories and practices. The idea behind inner child work is the emotional and psychological wounds from childhood that can impact an individual's adult life and well-being by addressing and healing these wounds. Individuals can experience personal growth and emotional healing through this kind of work. So maybe finding a therapist that tends to be more in that modality would be really helpful. On the blog post that I had mentioned, I go more into the benefits and more about inner child work. If you are curious, uh, again, you can always start therapy with me. Uh, you can go to hannahlinmiller.com forward slash therapy and get signed up. Email me right away and we can get you in and we can start talking about these things. Uh, and inner child work is definitely something that I'm interested in and I use in my practice. Uh, practice self-reflection. Again, if you have some um, triggers that you're kind of curious about and you're like, where does this come from? Why am I so upset about this and this and this at work or in my marriage? Uh, practice some self-reflection. Ask yourself, when was the last time, when was the first time I felt this way? Where, what time of life was I in where I felt this way before? Uh, and, and sometimes it could be pointed to how you grew up. It could be something that happened with between you and your parents or your siblings. Um, and then <laughs> I love this. Have fun. That's like the last point. And I, I think that that's really important um, to remember. I think having people in your life that remind you to have fun. I think that eldest kids can be so like serious. And I've seen this like in my, my, my husband is so serious sometimes and so intense. And I'm like, chill out, dude. Cause he's, he's a eldest too. And I definitely have that tendency too. So just being able to be reminded to have fun, have hobbies, uh, make sure that you can let go of those expectations and responsibilities that you put on others and on yourself. Um, try to prioritize some of your needs, right? Because you naturally are going to uh, burn out if you're always thinking about other people's needs and not your own. And again, some people just have a better way of expressing their needs and being heard and, and trusting that people will protect their needs, right? Where eldest daughters don't always have that. Their needs weren't always thought of. And so in adulthood, it's good to kind of re-explore how to communicate your needs. Um, yeah, boosting your mood, enhancing your mental health and emotional resilience, building healthier relationships, having fun and relaxation. Uh, rediscover a sense of play, maybe find a game that you loved growing up and that that kind of connects you with childhood. And I, th I think that's a very healthy thing to do. Uh, you know, because I'm pregnant, my mom and I have been able to go through like so many fun memories. We went through like a whole bunch of pictures 
from us from me growing up and there's just like so many fun memories and then we also went to goodwill a thrift store and we were looking for dvds of childhood movies because we both don't want to pay for all the streaming services so we were looking for specific movies that we enjoyed and that was just like connecting with my mom and then also being able to connect with the fun playful side of childhood and it's been so fun and I'm like excited to be able to share that with my little daughter and I think tapping into those fun parts of childhood and not taking things so seriously and being able to uh, be creative and think about what what made you feel like a child uh, and and doing those things. Um, discovering yourself as an oldest daughter and figuring out this eldest daughter syndrome stuff, it's, it's a journey, okay? And um, it can be really fun. It can be really hard. Uh, but I think that's really healthy to be able to explore. Um, the challenges and responsibilities that were p- placed on you as a firstborn can have a profound impact on your life. And while there isn't like a one-size-fits-all solution to healing from this syndrome, it's crucial to acknowledge its existence and its potential effects on your mental and emotional well-being. Healing often begins with self-awareness and self-compassion, okay? That's just like the groundwork for all the things, no matter what you're going through. And so just understanding yourself a little bit more can be so powerful. I know it has been for me. It's not like I've done all this work around eldest daughter syndrome. It's more of just understanding that, hey, this is where it comes from. Not everybody thinks like me. Not everybody has had my experience. Um, I think the biggest thing for me when it comes to uh, talking to others is understanding that not everybody cares so deeply. I think that's been really, really helpful for me to just, I, not everyone has empathy like I do. Not everyone has experience looking out for others like I do. And that's okay. It's totally okay. So self-awareness and self-compassion, that is where we need to start. Even if, even if all this stuff kind of seems a little bit overwhelming, and you're thinking, where do I start, Hannah? Start with that, self-awareness and self-compassion. Uh, seeking therapy or counseling can provide a supportive, structured environment for exploring and addressing the issues associated with eldest daughter syndrome, building healthy boundaries, learning how to say no when necessary, and prioritizing self-care are essential steps in the healing process. Embrace the importance of fun, self-discovery, and self-fulfillment can also help eldest daughters that's you, reclaim their identity and find a balance that nurtures their well-being while still fulfilling their responsibilities. Ultimately, healing from eldest daughter syndrome involves a journey of self-acceptance, growth, and finding a path that aligns with one's true needs and healing. So that is that. That is that is the long-awaited um eldest daughter syndrome episode i hope it was helpful again i have all of these things listed and more on my website and you can find the blog posts in the in the show notes i'm also going to put it on that page where it's just like the eldest daughter hub that's what i'm calling it basically and it's at hannahlynnmiller.com forward slash 
eldest dash daughter. Okay. And that's where you can also find my thesis. I am so glad you joined me today. This was so fun for me. Again, I am right there with you. I have been exploring these things with you. And I just want you to know that you're not alone, even though it kind of feels like you are the one creating the path going forward, um, trying to figure out life on your own and trying to figure out this crazy thing called life. So I just want you to know that you're you're not crazy. <laughs> you might be a little bit, <laughs> but uh, I just think that eldest daughters are such strong, unique people. And they really do have such a cool gifting that really does help the world out in a, in a, and makes it a positive place. And so I just want to applaud you for clicking on this episode. And I hope that you stick around and continue to be a part of this You Are Covered podcast community. You can follow me on all the things. Just search Hannah Lynn Miller on every platform. You can also search You Are Covered. It's you, the letter U, the letter R, Covered Podcasts on uh, Instagram and Facebook to stay connected. And as always, God's got you and you are covered. See you in the next episode.